0: Hello, and welcome to the Dynasty on the Lake podcast. Today is Wednesday, October 19th, and this is your host, Jamie Bataglia. Uh And we'll just have a solo episode with me today. I uh, ran into some scheduling conflicts with Ryan and Joe. Um, that's why the, re- the weekly recap episode is a little delayed this week, but I uh, wanted to put the episode together tonight, get the recap out for this week. Um, so as we did last week in our new Weekly recap format. I'll be going through uh, a quick league recap for our home dynasty league, getting into some positional breakdown, uh, a few noteworthy uh, performances from each position. Uh, We'll get into Ryan's rookie corner with me today. Uh, And then I have some additional stats as well that were interesting uh, to me thus far this year to share. Uh, So let's get right into it. Uh, starting with our league recap, so we are six weeks into the season, um, and really this is about the time of the year where the good teams start to get some separation from those that are not con- really contending this year, um, and that's what we have going on in our league. Uh, my team is currently six and zero. Ryan is right behind me at five and one, and Joe right behind him at four and two, along with Pat and German Wunderkind also at four and two. Um, and I think Ryan and I kind of mentioned this on on the trade show the other day. Uh, we, we kind of feel like those are the top five teams in our league right now. Um, and those are the only five teams above 500 as well in our league. So, you know, I think we'll continue to see that trend uh, over the next few weeks here. Uh, I know there are about three or four teams at the bottom who are in full rebuild mode. So th- those teams are really going to struggle to win more than a couple more games this year based on their current roster construction and you know what they've sold for future assets. Um, but that's what we are in the league right now. Um, I do, There is a pretty sizable point difference between me and Ryan as the top two points getters. Um, almost 200 points, but I'm sure Ryan will close that gap some with the moves he's made that we discussed over the last couple of weeks. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out from here. Um, and uh, we'll continue to give some updates uh, on a weekly basis here on our league and where we're at and you know any big changes that we have. Um some injury no injury news for the week. Uh Marquise Brown hurt his foot on Sunday. Um and it looks like he's gonna be out a while. Uh at first it was thought to be season ending, but now it's looking like about six to eight weeks. Um so not not great for anybody who had Marquise Brown. I mean he was really putting putting out the last three weeks or so with really good performances. Um, so in a corresponding move, Arizona, the Cardinals uh, traded for Robbie Anderson on Monday as well. So he'll kind of slot into that Hollywood Brown role. Um, they do have DeAndre Hopkins coming back too this week from suspension. Um, so that could revive some Robbie Anderson value, though I'm not too too high on what he might be able to do there. But, um, I mean, regardless, it's better than anything he was or wasn't doing in Carolina. Uh, so that, that gives him a little bit of value there. And, you know, maybe it turns out to be a nice you know, fill-in for a few weeks there for the Cardinals. Uh, one other notable injury, Carson Wentz hurt his finger last week on Thursday night football. He's going to be out four to six weeks. Uh, and Taylor Heineke will be taking over, uh, at least for now, uh, starting for the Commanders. I think this might help uh, the pass catchers there. I think Carson Wentz has been too erratic to really count on McLaurin or Curtis Samuel or, or even Jahan Dotson. I mean, he was getting touchdowns, but his his numbers weren't the best there outside of that. Um I mean, Heineke Heineke was okay last year when he played. Um, the last couple of years, you know, he, he's not gonna, you know, be a QB one or anything by any means, but he should be able to get the ball to his receivers more consistently. So I think that could be a good sign for the uh, pass catchers there. And who knows? I mean, I don't, I don't know that Carson Wentz is <clears throat> guaranteed the starting job once he's healthy again. If Heineke looks okay, or or maybe if they go to Sam Howell at some point and he looks okay, and they want to see what they have in him. Um, so, you know, it it couldn't be really be much worse for Washington pass catchers. So I think this helps them a little bit there. Uh, outside of that, those were, those were really the only major injury notes this week wasn't as bad as the past few weeks, as far as new injuries really go. Um, going into week six performances now from this past weekend, uh, starting with quarterback, uh, we had three different quarterbacks, uh, that were QB1s this past week that had their best game of the year. Uh, Matt Ryan, Joe Burrow, and Justin Fields. Uh, Matt Ryan, I don't know if we can really count on this much, but, I mean, he threw the ball 58 times, 389 passing yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, That was by far his best game of the year, finishing as a QB2. It's likely an outlier, but, you know, they they didn't have Jonathan Taylor. They weren't going to run the ball as much, Um, so... They passed a ton, and you know, it paid off for him and uh, for his receivers. Uh, I mean, Pittman, Harris Campbell, Alec Pierce, all with solid games. Um, but, yeah, this is likely few and far between for Matt Ryan. Uh, Joe Burrow put up 300 yards, passing with three touchdowns. Also added a rushing touchdown on 25 rushing yards, making him the QB1 this week. Uh, his best game of the season thus far. Uh, Since he really got it going this week, um, you know, having T. Higgins back, I'm sure helps as well uh, at full health, playing a full complement of snaps. Um, But yeah, the Bengals moved the ball pretty well, and and the receivers put up numbers. So uh, hopefully, you know, if you have any Bengals on your team, that's a sign uh, going forward where they start to put up some consistent numbers on a week-in, week-out basis. Uh, And then Justin Fields, uh, Sneakily, a QB1 each of the last two weeks. Um, I would have never guessed that if I didn't look that up. Uh, But he finished with 190 passing yards and one touchdown. Uh, So, you know, nothing great there. But he did have 88 rushing yards, too, which gets him up. I think he had around 18 points. So uh, that made him QB9 on the week. Um, Low scoring for a, a QB1 at only 18 points. But nonetheless, it was a QB1 performance. Um, I mean, that kind of leads me to my next point here that the scoring in the league this year is way down. Um, we're at, I think a hundred less touchdowns than we were at this point last year and 110 less from 2020. Um, so that's very significant, uh, in, in overall scoring in the league. And when there's less scoring in the league, that means there there is less scoring in fantasy. So we, you might see some performances that don't seem as good, but you know, compared to the field, you know, it gets the job done as a QB1 or, you know, running back one or, or whatever position. So uh, that might be a trend moving forward, in, unless we start to see that overall scoring trend from the last couple of years compared to this year change. Uh, the running back position. Uh, not a performance this week, but more so some surprising news. Uh, with Cam Akers, it seems like he's going to be done with the Rams. Uh, McVay said he was not going to be playing this week, this past week. Uh, he was inactive for the game. Uh, it, and it seems like there's there's no coming back there, and he's going to be traded at some point. Uh, I mean, he didn't look good really at all. I, I don't know what they're going to get for him in a trade. If they can even trade him at all, uh, it might turn into a situation in a few weeks where he's, just released if they can't get anything. I don't know. Um, But, I mean, really, fantasy-wise, dynasty-wise, I don't know if it's worth going after him. You know, maybe if you throw, like, a third-round pick at him at at most. But, I mean, I don't see anybody with Akers even taking that. It's probably more worth it just to see what happens, see if he goes to a different situation, maybe does a little better. But, you know, I think the likelihood of that is pretty low that's why I just wouldn't throw much at him if I was trying to acquire him on the cheap here, but uh, not looking good for him at all in the future. I mean, even if he goes to another team, I don't know that he's more of a committee back and see what happens, but that did lead to Daryl Henderson being the lead running back for the Rams this past week. He looked okay. Uh, He had 12 carries for 43 yards. He had a rushing touchdown a couple catches for nine yards too um you know not that's still not great I mean overall this Rams team doesn't look that good right now so it's hard to you know expect too much I mean their their o line is so beat up and I think they just lost their starting left tackle in that game too so I, it's not really good for any Rams running back at this point um you know on top of that I mean Henderson had the 12 carries but Malcolm Brown and four of their wide receivers combined to have 14 carries between them compared to that 12 for Henderson. So if he's going to be the main guy there, you kind of want more of a a workhorse role for him to be reliable uh, with some more volume because, you know, the efficient games are probably going to be few and far between for any running back on the Rams right now. Uh, Kyron Williams is on IR. He should be coming back in the next couple weeks, it sounds like he was somebody that the Rams kind of talked up in training camp in the preseason. And it sounded like he was going to have a role, uh, this season. And really, I think starting in week one, he was supposed to, uh, but he got hurt in that game, which is why Cam Akers got, was playing when he did in that game. Um, and even that acres, uh, week one, if you remember, only had a few carries, uh, and was playing well behind Daryl Henderson. Um, You know, I think that might have been, might have supposed to have been Kyron Williams' role. Um, So he might be a good stash or somebody to go after before he comes off of IR just to see what happens. Um, You know, maybe maybe he gets more involved than Henderson if he looks okay. Um, But, you know, I wouldn't expect too much. You know, best case scenario, he's doing what Daryl Henderson's doing right now. So take that for what it is. Uh, The Baltimore running back situation. Uh, J.K. Dobbins left the game uh, early Sunday with his knee tightening up. Um, he only had seven carries for 15 yards before that happened. Uh, it sounds like he'll be fine, likely to come back this week. Uh, but Kenyon Drake did come in relief, and he finished with 10 for 119 on the ground with a rushing touchdown and looked really good. I mean, I, Kenyon Drake uh, you know, was a healthy scratch a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't know. How much you can take away from that? Other than you know, he did look good in that one game, but this Baltimore backfield is just something I would want to stay clear of by any means right now until there's some clarity or consistency there. Um, Justice Hill was out this week, and he was he was getting pretty heavily involved with Dobbins the last couple of weeks before that. Okay. Gus Edwards uh, is scheduled to come off of I off the pup list, uh, and he should be able to play at some point in the next couple weeks here too. Um, so that's going to be a really ugly committee. I, I feel like on a weekly basis right now, we're not going to know who to go with, even with a healthy Dobbins. Um, I mean, if anything, if Dobbins is playing, he he would likely be the only one on a flex radar, but uh, I find it really hard to trust any Baltimore running back in a starting lineup at this point, based on what we've seen. Uh, then moving on to the Colts' backfield. So we had Jonathan Taylor and Deion Jackson both out week six. I'm sorry, Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor out week week six. Then Deion Jackson stepped in as the lead running back, uh, and he looked really good. Um, not necessarily rushing efficiency, only 12 for 42 on the ground, but in the receiving game, he got heavily involved, caught all 10 of his targets for 79 yards. Uh, he did have a rushing touchdown too, so that made for a really good fantasy game. Um... And also, as I mentioned with Matt Ryan, the Colts did throw the ball 58 times, which led to a lot of dump-offs, uh, 10 of them to Deion Jackson, as I said. Uh, he did finish as the RB1 this week, too. Um, so anybody who was able to snag him off waivers last week and you know put him in their lineup got rewarded heavily there. Um, but Jonathan Taylor and Iheem Hines, I think they both should be back soon, if not this week. Um, so likely it was, a you know, one and done, put him in your lineup with Deion Jackson. But, um, if anything is to happen to either of those guys moving forward, I think he could be a good, you know, good guy to stash at the end of your bench just as a handcuff in the event Taylor or Hines goes down because either way, I think he'll be involved, uh, at least in a committee, if that's the case. Uh, so that, that could be a good end of your bench guy to have on your roster still. Moving to the wide receiver position, Uh, similar to his quarterback, Jamar Chase also had his best game of the year on Sunday. Uh, He had seven for 132 receiving with two touchdowns, Uh, one of them being a 60-yard touchdown, which essentially won the game for the Bengals. He got some more downfield looks in this game, and he capitalized on those. Uh, The last few games before this, he was it wasn't really getting the downfield looks as much or at least converting on them. Uh, This is his first game with more than 13 points since week one. Um, So that was good to see him more involved downfield and some hitting on some explosive plays. Um, The Bengals, you know, looked a lot better in the passing game and and Burrow's gotten better the last few weeks in avoiding the the pressure. I know I think it was 13 sacks the first two weeks of the year. So things are looking better for the Bengals passing game, uh, moving forward for fantasy. Uh, Another wide receiver who had his best game of the year, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, he only had five catches, but 113 yards and a receiving touchdown. That receiving touchdown was on a big play as well, uh, which led to his big game. Uh, he finished as the wide receiver six on the week, uh, that that was good news to see if you have juju on your team that he finally put up a good performance i'd be a little concerned about the consistency though for him still um you know he hasn't really been that consistent it's you know his third game only with more than 10 fantasy points uh maybe he gets going but maybe this gets him going moving forward but uh, they just spread the ball out a lot with those Kansas City receivers right now it's hard to say you know, outside of Kelsey, there it's hard to say which pass catcher is gonna get you know the most looks any given week. There, I mean, Marquez Valdez Scantling last week, week five, he he had six for ninety receiving, then puts up a goose egg on a couple targets week six. Uh, you know, the same Juju can go out and put up two for twenty next week, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised one bit. So it's good to see, but yeah, we'll see what happens if he can sustain any. Consistency moving forward. Uh, Chase Claypool, he had a big week for the Steelers. He had seven for one for I'm sorry, seven for 96 and one receiving touchdown. He was the top receiver for the Steelers this week. Um, you know, it seems like that's been fluctuating between Deontay Johnson and George Pickens the last couple weeks. Um, then it was Claypool this week. You know, it's not going to surprise me to not know any given week here as well who the top receiver really is going to be. Um, although there are rumors that came out over the last day or so that Claypool is on the trading block for the Steelers. Um, if so, I think that would be really good news for anybody with Deontay or Pickens and would really condense the already questionable target volume the Steelers have uh, and make their make both of them a little more valuable. Um, it could also help Claypool if he goes to a situation where you know, receiver is needed on the team, and he could get involved with a bunch of targets there as well. Um, you know, more consistently than he would be seeing as he is now in Pittsburgh. Last guy I wanted to talk about: Paris Campbell. Um, he he had a, his best game of the year: seven for fifty-seven, a touchdown on eleven targets for the Colts on Sunday. Um, You know, everybody on the Colts was kind of inflated with the 58 passing attempts, but uh, still a good performance there. Uh, It is noteworthy that Paris Campbell is playing about 100% of the snaps week in, week out, um, really operating as the number two behind Michael Pittman. Alec Pierce has put up some good weeks lately, but, you know, he's still, like this week, only playing 65% of the snaps. Um, You know, he's capitalizing when he's out there, but... It is noteworthy that he's still playing as the clear number three on Indy. If he were to ever surpass surpass Campbell, I feel like, you know, that could really increase his value being out there more. Uh, I mean, that said, Pierce still had three for 49 in a touchdown this week. Um, Really, it wasn't that much, though. I think it was only two for 17 until he had a a touchdown at the end of that game to get the Colts in the lead at the end. Um, But, yeah, Paris Campbell was wide receiver nine this week. And uh, his 11 targets, though, I will say were more than his last three weeks combined. Um, but, you know, as I said, he's been out there a bunch. So uh, maybe uh, Matt Ryan will start to look at him instead of just letting him do wind sprints the whole game as he had been doing. So uh, we'll, we'll see what, ha- what shakes out there. But, you know, I, I feel like most people think at some point Pierce is going to take over the number two receiver spot for Indy. Uh, Moving to the tight end position, Mike Gasicki, he had a huge week. He had six for 69 and two touchdowns on seven targets. And he finished as the tight end two on the week. Um, It was noteworthy that Durham Smythe did not play for the Dolphins. So the playing time for Gasicki was increased significantly to what it's been. You know, he'd been playing like 40 or so percent of the snaps with uh, Durham Smythe in there most weeks. Uh, he he was at 50 out of 78 snaps on Sunday. Uh so that's a that was a significant increase for him, which helped with his big game. Um, you know, Miami was passing the ball a lot too, so that that also helped him produce there. Um it's probably hard to rely on him. I mean, may, maybe if you know Durham Smythe is out again, maybe you know, if you if you know Gasicki's gonna be out there more, he, he's worth a he's worth a start, but Um, You know, on weeks when they're fully healthy at tight end, Gesicki is unplayable based on his usage. Uh, Then also, Robert Tunyon had a big game this week. Uh, He had 10 catches on 90 yards, 490 yards on 12 targets, leading the team on Sunday. Uh, It's noteworthy. He's still not a full-time player. He did only play 46 out of 73 snaps, but... Obviously got the, got the, got the volume needed to perform this week. Uh, that 10 for 90 was good enough to be the tight end four on the week. Um, you know, I think he could be looked at more by Rogers moving forward based on the inconsistency they've had with their receivers. Yeah. Tanyan's Tanyan seems like a bit, a big, reliable target. Um, you know, m- maybe we'll start to see some consistency in this volume. He's had some ups and downs, uh, With that throughout the year so far. Uh, He is also coming off of an ACL injury from last year. So maybe they're just easing him in still. And that's the reason for the limited snaps. But um, if he has more games like this. I feel like the Packers will start to get him involved. A little bit more consistently. Now let's get to Ryan's rookie corner. But with Jamie this week. Uh, We're still working on the little jingle for this segment. But. Uh, at some point, we hope we have that to add into the show. Um, first rookie this week to talk about, Tyquan Thornton. Uh, he had a good game against the Browns this past Sunday. Um, his usage was up. He finished with four for 37 receiving and a receiving touchdown. Uh, and then he also had three rushes for 17 yards and a rushing touchdown. Um, I like that usage. I like that they got him involved with some rushing attempts. I mean, anybody who runs a sub 4-3, if you you, know, you get them on an end-around or a jet sweep a couple times a game, I feel like that's, that's good, Fo- not only football, but that's good for the fantasy value, especially when you can find the end zone like he was able to on one of those jet sweeps on Sunday. Um, Kendrick Bourne got hurt early in the first quarter of that game. Um, Bourne did come out starting as the number three receiver for the Patriots, um, but then Taquan Thornton kind of took over that role once Kendrick Bourne got hurt. Um, but he did put up decent numbers there. Um, he ended up playing forty out of seventy snaps as the third receiver for the Patriots. And I honestly, I think I can see him taking over that wide receiver three role there. Um, you know Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, who was hurt also hurt and did not play. Um, they don't have the juice that Thornton has, and I think it makes a lot of sense for them to have Thornton out there with Devontae Parker and Jacoby Myers. Um, they can do a lot of different things with Taequann Thornton and his speed, too, so I think that's pretty valuable from, a full, from an NFL and from a fantasy standpoint. So uh, stock is looking up on him, um, you know, as long as the Patriots use it like they did this past week. Uh, similarly, we'll talk about Bailey Zappi. Who put up a good, uh, good performance in the game against the Browns on Sunday, passing for three hundred nine yards and two touchdowns, uh, finishing as a QB seven on the week. Um, they the Patriots unleashed him a little bit more this week, and uh, he took advantage. Unfortunately, as a Browns fan, of uh, the Browns' poor defense, and uh, yeah, he 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 looked good, and you know. As a Browns fan, it was hard to watch. Losing to, to Bailey Zappi in his second career start as a fourth-round draft pick. But, I mean, he, he, he looked good. He looked he can move around a little bit in the pocket, which is something the Patriots were missing with Mac Jones. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Mac Jones is going to get the starting job back, but if he struggles like he did early in the year, um, you know, Bailey Zappi has been more than competent in the three games he's played. Um he, he could uh he he's a different player, he's a different quarterback than Mac Jones. So he's definitely worth a stash in a deeper league. Or obviously in a, a super flex league, he should definitely be be on there. But um you might get another couple starts out of him before Mac Jones is back. Uh it'll be interesting to see if he can, you know, keep improving as he has the past couple games uh and see if he can maybe have a potential fantasy asset for the future here in Bailey's happy or not. Uh, Let's talk about Daniel Bellinger next. He has had really strong usage uh, as a tight end, uh, especially the last couple weeks. Uh, This past Sunday, he played 60 out of 64 snaps, uh, and his percentages of snaps played has increased every week so far this season. He finished with five for 38 and a touchdown uh, in week six, and he has been the top rookie tight end this far. Uh, and he's put up back-to-back tight end win performances. Um, the The Giants don't really have anything else at tight end, so he's kind of been thrust into playing as much as he have, uh, as much as he has. Started off a little slow for him, but the past two weeks he scored a touchdown, and he's he's looking like uh, he he might continue to improve on a weekly basis here. Um, he, he's somebody definitely worth considering and. To start, I mean, the Giants receivers haven't really done much to date. Um, he can continue to see reliable targets on a week in, week out basis, I think. Uh, so he's definitely a borderline tight end one, I feel like, on a weekly basis at this point. You know, and based on the landscape of the tight end position after the top few, I mean, it's been really bad this year. So there's definitely a good argument to be made for that. His teammate. At the receiver position, Wandale Robinson, Uh he had three for thirty-seven and a touchdown this past week. Uh, but worth noting, he did only play fifteen snaps as he was coming off of an injury, and they seem to be easing him back in. He's definitely somebody I would go after at this point before his before any you know spiked performances from him. Um, I I feel like he. Is basically in line to be their number one receiver moving forward. Um, he he was a starter for them as a rookie in week one, but then he got hurt early in that game uh, and did not play again until this past week. Uh, I th- I think they really like him there, and they they really have nothing else going on at the receiver position in New York for the Giants. I mean, Galladay's been hurt and seemed uninterest seems uninterested. Is Kadarius is Kadarius Tony ever going to be healthy? Who the hell knows. Um, then they have like Marcus Johnson and David Sills and guys like that, Darius Slayton running a bunch of routes out there. But I mean, we know, we know that those guys aren't really anything to be counted on. So, um, Wandale Robinson could, uh, could end up as the wide receiver one on the Giants. Um, I know he's a little guy, but he is fast. Um, they did seem to scheme up some plays to kind of get him the ball in space and let him run after the catch as well. And that's exactly what you want to see for a guy like him. Um, I mean, Brian Dable's a smart offensive guy, so I feel like compared to what we're used to with the Giants, you know, they, I think they'll know how to use their players a little better than they have in years past. Um, so he can be somebody to watch the next few weeks, and I think his value will steadily increase as we move forward. Uh, the last rookie I wanted to talk about this week, Greg Dulcich. He made his NFL debut on Monday Night Football this week. Uh, he had pretty strong usage. Uh, he had 41 out of 58 snaps, and most noteworthy, he made Albert O. inactive this week—a healthy scratch. Um, the past couple weeks, Albert O. is kind of getting phased out more and more, so it's not really a surprise that that happened. Um, but it is really good news for Dulcich if if they may they were making Alberto a healthy scratch um, and their belief in him and what he can do. Um, he did perform okay. He had two for 44. He did get that one long receiving touchdown, uh, which helps the fantasy performance, obviously. Uh, he finishes the tight end 11 with those numbers. Um, but yeah, that, that, was a gr- that was a good debut to see. Uh, I, I think his value will start to go up the next few weeks as he gets more involved uh, I would imagine his usage stays around the same because the the Broncos do like to use their blocking tight ends a good amount too, especially in the run game. Um, so yeah, that that was a strong debut out of him. He was somebody I really liked coming into the season. Um, didn't get didn't get enough of him in dynasty leagues though, just based on some other guys going around the same range that I that I took. But um, yeah, just a, a delayed start to the year for him, but. Uh, I think we'll start to be talking about him more as we move forward. All right, uh, the top five rookies this week. Uh, we had Brees Hall for the fifth time in six weeks as the top five rookie. Uh, Bailey Zappi, Tyquan Thornton, and Kenneth Walker all made their first appearance as the top five rookie. Uh, and then Cade York, he was the fifth rookie this week. That's the second time in the top five. Uh, I know... K- I don't know if I want to keep including kickers in here, but uh, there, there are some that like kickers in Fantasy League still. So for now, we'll at least keep Cade York in the running here with the other rookies. Uh, then year to date so far, no changes here really. Uh, Brees Hall, Damian Pierce, even with the bye week, uh, Damian Pierce is still second. And Chris Olave and missing last game is still third. Then Drake, London, and Garrett Wilson are four and five. All right, lastly, I wanted to get into some top 12 performances year-to-date for each position so far. Um, so we've only had – starting with the quarterback position, we've only had one quarterback be a QB1 all six weeks this year. Uh, to no one's surprise, that is Josh Allen. He had his lowest finish as QB6 back in week four. Um, so that's been, you know, as consistent as you can hope any player can be. Um, I feel like the advantage of Josh Allen over any other quarterback at the position, you know, based on that, is just more significant than is really discussed. Um, I know Ryan and I got into, on the trade podcast a couple of days ago, uh, Josh Allen trade value. And I feel like that's why it's so hard. It would be so hard for me to trade him based on the positional advantage you get with Josh Allen on a week-in, week-out basis. Um, Behind Josh Allen, though, there were Hertz and Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow, each with five QB1 performances this year. Um, I was a little surprised on Burrow based on a couple of the bad games he's had, uh, but he was able to ring together enough volume and stats in those games to finish as a QB1. Uh, At the other positions, there's only one player to be top 12 every single week at that position, uh, and that was Zach Ertz. I was a little surprised with that one. Every single week this year, he has been a top 12 tight end. Uh, he's never really been a high end one, uh, at least not most weeks this year. Uh, usually mid to low and tight end one, but thus far, he has been very consistent with his production there. Um, I feel like most people would have thought Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews would have been the answer for every single week, uh, but both of them have five tight end one performances thus far this year. Uh, for the running back position, we have four different, three different running backs with four weeks as an RB1 this year. That would be Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, and Nick Chubb, who I believe are three of the top five running backs year-to-date thus far. And at the wide receiver position, we have four wide receiver one performances for each of the top two at the position thus far in Stephon Diggs and Cooper Cup. Uh, similarly to that, I wanted to talk about rookies and top 12 performances at their positions this year. Starting with the tight end position, I feel like this rookie class of tight ends hasn't really been talked about too much, but there have been been some good things I've been seeing from them this year. Uh, we just talked about Greg Dalsich and Daniel Bellinger. Um, each of them have a performance as a tight end one this year. Uh, and then also K. Dotton, Jake Ferguson, Chig Quanquo, and Jelani Woods. Also with one tight end, one performance this year. Uh, Jake Ferguson, he stepped in for an injury Dalton Schultz. He put up four for 40 and a touchdown, which was good enough for a top 12 tight end performance. Um, I like his talent. Um, I, I think he could be something potentially in the future. Uh, Dalton Schultz is a free agent after this season. So if the Cowboys don't make any additional big moves at that position, he could be in line to be the starting tight end for the Cowboys next year. Uh, and I think he's definitely worth a stash. Kate Otten, he had a big week a couple of weeks ago, I think with seven catches. Um, but he should be getting some more opportunities moving forward with Cameron Braid injured again. And it looked pretty bad for Bright. Um He was stretchered off the field. I think it was a neck injury that happened to him on Sunday. Uh, so, Kate Otten will definitely be in line to get some more looks. Um, and, you know, with that offense, with, you know, if Tom Brady's airing the ball out, I feel like Otten could definitely be valuable and on the tight end one landscape moving forward. Uh, Chico Cuanco and Jelani Woods, they both had a couple games with some touchdowns, which got them their tight end one performance. Uh, I don't think they're really anything that can be relied upon at this point, though, unlike the other guys uh, that we've mentioned. Um, they're more stash-and-see guys. They're they're all in three-man tight end rotations, or both of them are. Um, so, you know, when they score their touchdowns, as any tight end does, if they score a touchdown, they're in the tight end one landscape on that week. Um, but definitely, guys, you know, you can stash and, and see what happens with. Uh, and then the one tight end we didn't talk about here because he's been playing behind Zach Ertz, uh, Trey McBride. He has been the – he was the top – tight end and rookie drafts this year. Um, He's obviously not going to be able to do much until Ertz is out of the picture or until he's able to earn more of a snap share. But, I mean, Zach Ertz, you know, as we mentioned, has been a tight end one every week. He's been playing well. I don't see that happening anytime soon, but, um, you know, definitely a good stash for the future with McBride. His snaps have been going up, but, you know, it's not significant enough to make a fantasy impact at any point soon. At the running back position... We have three running backs who have had a top 12 performance at the position this year. No surprise here. Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Damian Pierce. Uh, Five wide receivers have been a wide receiver run this year. Five rookie wide receivers. Uh, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Romeo Dubs, and Tyquan Thornton, uh, who was new to this list just this week. Uh, Then at the quarterback position, We've had, I think, only two rookie quarterbacks make a start, uh, Kenny Pickett and Bailey Zappi. And Bailey Zappi, as we talked about, was a QB1 this past week, and he was the only QB1 performance at the quarterback position for rookies. Uh, Looking forward here into Week 7, big week for bye weeks. A lot of big players, I should say, on a bye week this week. I believe it's four of the top eight or so receivers on a bye this week. Uh, with Buffalo, the Rams, the Eagles, and the Vikings all on a bye. So that's Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown, and Justin Jefferson. Uh, So it could be a lower-scoring week in some leagues this week or some fantasy matchups based on that, plus all the other good secondary pieces on each of those teams. Uh, I feel like all four of those teams have a decent number of guys who are usually in your fantasy lineup every week. As far as our uh, home dynasty league goes, a couple of noteworthy matchups up this upcoming week. Uh, my team's at six and zero is playing Pat's team at four and two. Uh, the only matchup in our league of two teams above five hundred. Uh, unlike Ryan a few weeks ago, I will not make the st- mistake of guaranteeing a win against Pat. Um, that really uh, came back for some good laughs afterwards when Pat posted his uh, his little smack talk video on MFL of the uh, defeat that he delivered to Ryan after Ryan guaranteed an easy victory. And also we have Matt Rosito playing the Rising this week. Uh, both of those two teams are 3-3 three and three and currently fighting for the last playoff spot. It seems like it's really going to come down to those two for the last playoff spot too as the other teams in our league are all really focused on rebuilding. Uh, so that'll be an interesting battle not only for this week but uh, throughout the rest of the season to see who does what in that spot. Lastly, uh, before we get you out of here, I wanted to talk about uh, getting some feedback from from our listeners. Um, Ryan, Joe, and I are all new to podcasting. and We're a couple months in here now. If you have any feedback on the show, something you like or don't like, something you think we should change, do differently, or maybe something new you think we should do, we want to hear from you. So please let us know. We're open to all feedback, positive or negative. Uh, I feel like we've been getting better as we go along here, and we want to continue down that trend. So any feedback that you have to share with us, please feel free. We are definitely open to it. Um, And also you can find us on Twitter now, at DynastyOTL on Twitter. I'll be posting when we post our new episodes on Twitter. Um, And anything else, maybe relevant to the show or just to football in general, uh, please follow us there. Feel free to interact with us on Twitter as well. Uh, We look forward to hearing from you and any of your feedback that you might have. Moving forward, next week, uh, we are finally going to get to this two-round mock draft for rookies from 2020 through 2022 combined. Uh, We're really looking forward to that. I know we've put it off a couple weeks due to the scheduling conflicts we have, but that will be a fun segment that we do. We're working on some uh, other exciting new segments as well. Hoping to do a fantasy game show type episode in a couple weeks here. Uh, And we have a couple other things in the works. So hopefully uh, we'll start to roll out some of these new segments and episodes. Uh, We don't want to keep doing the same exact things every single week. We do want to mix it up with things like this. So, um, you know, we're looking forward to that. And it should be fun moving forward with that. Uh, With that said... Uh, I think we are good to wrap up for this week six recap and we will talk to you all next week. Thank you.